Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we're taking it easy, slowing down and examining time in an attempt to answer the seasonal question, what's the rush? Hindsight, understanding a situation or event only after it's happened or developed, is post-revelation, not premeditation. People poke fun at this saying by saying, hindsight is 2020, meaning only now do you see clearly what you should have seen then. A reminder I like to vocalize is, you only know what you know. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have everything figured out from the get-go. And even though the older generation is right there with the formidable experience lecture and an ample supply of I told you so's, most of us still have to walk through the fire to realize it's hot. That doesn't mean the advice is not sitting on the ready. There's plenty of it, and for good reason. We've all rushed life, made mistakes, experienced failures, learned valuable lessons, and somehow figured out how to soldier on. This is good stuff, and definitely worth sifting through to find our own personal nugget of inspiration. I like to pick those up and plant them deep. Then, when you least expect it, they surface as a valuable reminder an important compass for your journey. What's the rush? I wish I would have taken that question seriously in the early seasons of my life. I was in a rush. Looking back, it stems from being fiercely independent and deluded by the thought that I already had most of life figured out. Wow, that seems more than comical to me now. I wanted to hurry up and take every step that life offered. Marriage, kids, and career. I never even considered trying to figure out who I was, what I wanted, or this mystical idea of a life journey. Looking back now, I can clearly see that I had no idea who I was or what I wanted, and my journey, well, that started much later after repeated life wrecks and a realization that there had to be a better way. I'll share more about some of my learning throughout, but let's explore this idea from multiple angles. Abeomi Umagan shares some ideas on why this is what you should aim for instead of rushing through life. We're always getting ready to live, but never living. That's a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. One thing is certain in these modern times of ours, rushing. We rush to do everything from getting information, to eating, to making a judgment, to even adulting. Nobody even wants to be a kid anymore. What rushing does is add stress and anxiety to your life. Over time, this can make a big difference in your default mental state. When we're rushing, we're living in a state of resistance. Rushing produces a state of consciousness that often comes about when we're feeling anxious. It's a lack of willingness to be in the present moment. Have you ever noticed how rushing implies a feeling of lack? It's never easy to wait for a good thing. Benjamin Franklin said, take time for all things, 
Great haste makes great waste. We rush to write a book before we write our first article. We rush to become an adult before learning to become a kid. We rush to have sex before we learn what sex is really all about. We rush to have a relationship before learning about our partner. We rush to want to build a billion-dollar business before we start working on a startup. Lousy said, rushing into action, you fail. Trying to grasp things, you lose them. Forcing a projection to completion, you ruin what was almost ripe. Isn't that the truth of life, though? Constantly moving. We're always looking for the next best thing. We don't like to be stagnant, whether it's professionally, personally, or in our relationships. There is a constant feeling of never being good enough. When you stop rushing and slow down, you enjoy life more. Things are more interesting. You worry less. You care for others more. You make fewer mistakes because you're more focused. Being present takes energy and intention. Rushing allows you to live on the surface rather than going deep. The truth is that at every point in our life, the only thing we need is the right nutrients to grow. Life is a process. Time and time again as humans, we don't like to follow processes. Why? Because processes make you wait. And as you already know, waiting is hard. Ralph Ransom once said that life is a series of steps. Things are done gradually. Once in a while, there's a giant step. But most of the time, we're taking a small, seemingly insignificant step on the stairway of life. The feeling of rushing prevents you from experiencing fun things in your life because you feel they will slow you down. And when you slow down, you feel guilty and left behind. Is a book better if you speed read it or if you take your time and get lost in it? Is your work better if you try doing 10 things at once or if you pour yourself into one important task? Is food better if you cram it down your throat or if you savor every bite and appreciate the flavor? Is a song better if you skim through it or if you take the time to listen? Is your time spent with a friend or loved one better if you've rushed a meeting interrupted by emails and text messages or if you can relax and focus on the person? Don't be in such a rush to reach a goal that you reach the goal before you're ready. Sometimes we learn such valuable lessons along the way. Sometimes we learn more about ourselves and discover that what we want might be different. Put your heart into what you do, but don't rush. Good things take time. to it all? I don't know, because there's never an end to the whole process. We think there's a timeline attached to our life that contains events like mastering our art, development skills, self-improvement, actualization, and bettering our relationships. In reality, there is no timeline. Simply learn to live in the present rather than thinking so much about the future or the past. 
When you eat, fully appreciate your food. When you're with someone, be with them fully. When you're walking, appreciate your surroundings no matter where you are. Apple and Amazon are both trillion-dollar businesses. Guess what? The CEOs still show up to work in their respective companies every single day. That's because the process never ends. There is only continuous improvement, and improvement only occurs when you're constantly learning. If there was an end, I guess they would have stopped showing up. Carolyn Hilburn said, As the years go on, a sense of deep patience comes over one. One seems to know the virtue of rightness and the danger of rushing events. Take a mango tree, for example. Initially, when planted as a seed, it's small and it takes years for it to sprout. But what happens when it hasn't started growing? It's collecting the right nutrients while undergoing photosynthesis to grow. And when the results begin to show, you get a solid tree plant. And what happens when its roots grow solid in the ground? It produces fruit. And so it remains forever till it dies out. It's a slow process, but it's rewarding. The slower you go, the fewer mistakes you make. The faster you go, the easier it is to get frustrated when things slow you down. Our life Work, tasks, skills, art, and relationships all end as unfinished projects, which is why one must continuously strive for mastery. Steve Jobs died as an unfinished project both in his work and his life. Michael Jackson, one of the greatest musicians of all time, died as an unfinished project both in his work and life. The great Leonardo da Vinci died as an unfinished project, both in his work and in his life. And yet, they all are masters in their respective fields. Three masters who achieved it all and yet still died as an unfinished project tells you all that needs to be said. Our life is a process. Our skill is a process. Our relationships, our craft, our businesses, our art. Is a process. Know this, and you will know that at every point where you are, all you need is the right nutrients to grow. Soon enough, you will begin to sprout as you get to your mastery phase. St. Francis de Sales said, Never be in a hurry. Do everything quietly and in a calm spirit. Don't lose your inner peace for anything whatsoever, even if your whole world seems upset. Life is better when unrushed. And given the fleeting nature of this life, why waste even a moment by rushing through it? I know every generation likes to lean on the idea that at no other time in history have we blah, blah, blah. You insert the context. But the fact is, every generation has had their own set of struggles. The family dynamic has been changing for decades. The workplace has been shifting along with the climate, the social pressures, and the communication challenges, and so on. My point is, this is a forever evolving landscape of people, ideas, and norms. With that said, I do remember a time where I didn't feel rushed. I might not have been as convenienced as I am today, 
But I didn't feel this pressure to respond, get involved, and tackle just about everything. My cell phone is great. Access to anything you could ever want to know is in your pocket or your purse. What? But with the convenience comes consequences. I have never been so accessible in my life, so tracked and so tethered. I sort of like the idea of getting there when I got there. Getting back to you when I finally got your message or just checking in when it seems appropriate. I never felt uninformed, where now I feel over-informed. Remember what I said, you only knew what you knew, and that was fine. With access to more information, I feel like people naturally want more information. Sura, a meditation coach, shines a light on why we rush through life, an article she shared for HuffingtonPost.com. Life is speeding up, and with it, our inner angst. We want to cram in as much as we can and be productive, but at what cost? Sura says, I've often noticed that when I'm rushing, I'm not really present. I'm just focused on getting things done. I'm racing against the clock. It's a feeling of pushing against time, the present moment itself. It's exhausting and draining. While there's nothing wrong with rushing, we're not really home when we rush. We can't be present and rush at the same time. When we're rushing, we're living in a state of resistance. It produces a state of consciousness that often comes about when we're feeling anxious. It's a lack of willingness to be in the present moment. Have you ever noticed how rushing implies a feeling of lack? A lack of time, a lack of permission, a lack of space in the present moment, even a lack of space within ourselves. So why do we rush? Well, it's habitual. Rushing is our MO. We get a rush from rushing. It's unconscious and can be addictive. To avoid. We don't want to feel our feelings or deal with our stuff. Constant movement is a distraction to deeper underlying feelings that cause us disease and discomfort. Self-importance. We fear other people's judgments and perceptions of us. When we constantly exude a sense of urgency, we feel valuable in the eyes of others. We're busy. Some things we do We have to do, especially if we're juggling multiple responsibilities. However, we unnecessarily fill up our time because we want to feel needed and productive. We value doing over being. We feel unworthy. We tie our inherent self-worth to achievement, doing, and productivity. We feel guilty when we slow down. We feel unworthy if we're not doing something. Competition and control. We feel that if we slow down, we'll get run down and everyone will move ahead of us. We want to be first. We feel like we have to do everything or life will fall apart. We're lazy. It's easier to rush through life and be on automatic than to slow down and make conscious efforts to be present. 
Being present takes energy and intention. Rushing allows us to live on the surface rather than go deep. We feel pressure. We feel a constant pressure to perform. This can come from the voice of our parents or society, where we feel we need to do in order to be loved. We feel the need to hurry up and cram everything in in order to feel worthy of love. This can come from people-pleasing and the need to prove ourselves. False perception. The idea that the grass is greener somewhere else. The future is better than now. We feel like we're missing opportunities by slowing down. It helps to know why we're rushing. A good question to ask is, what's the rush? Or why do I need to rush right now? Knowing what is causing us to push alleviates the pressure that comes from rushing. If you don't know, you can't simply stop. Stop and take a breath. Invite some space in. Acknowledge to yourself, I know I'm rushing right now. And invite yourself back into the present moment. It's a good time to practice self-compassion and compassion for others. To be present is to fully inhabit the moment to slow down and pay attention to everything around you. Letting go of the inner rush allows us to experience higher states like joy, connection, and love. It takes courage to live inside the moment. It happens when we slow down and find our inner stillness. I've said it before, but I'll say it again to make a point about this topic. I love the seasons. I wouldn't say I'm a nature buff or an outdoorsy person, but I love to see nature evolve. Nothing gets me more giddy than watching spring unfold. The way the days get warmer and longer and dry, dead scenery turns to green. Your roller coaster might be up and down, but the season changes are consistent. Maybe a little later than we expected or a little earlier than we like, but They constantly come. Albert Einstein said, look deep into nature and then you will understand everything better. Lao Tzu says, nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. Crystal Raypole explores and informs with her article, Hurry Sickness is a Thing. Here's why you might want to slow down, found at Healthline.com. Despite its name, hurry sickness isn't an actual medical or mental health condition. Still, a pressing need to hurry through tasks and make the most of every moment can represent a legitimate concern for many people. This time urgency, as it's also known, often relates to the ever-increasing variety of technological devices designed to make life easier. With so many tools to get you things done, You have plenty of time to take on additional tasks, right? You've got a laptop and a smartphone, so you can respond to work emails anytime, can't you? 
Shouldn't it be easy to complete a full day's work, cook meals, exercise, do chores, connect with loved ones, and still devote seven to eight hours to a good night's rest? The more that's expected of you, the more you might agree to take on, pushing yourself harder to complete every essential, air quotes, task. Yet rushing through life can affect physical health and leave you feeling unfulfilled and unable to devote attention to the people and things you care for most. Hurry sickness can show up as a driving need to make the most of every second. We've come to know this habit as multitasking, explains Rosemary K.M. Sword, author and co-developer of Time Perspective Therapy. Many people who've incorporated multitasking into their life are proud of their ability to do more than one thing at the same time. When hurry sickness masquerades as efficiency, you may not realize anything's wrong. You might toss in a load of laundry, make sure your older child is still working on homework, stir the soup that's about to boil over, and remove something from a younger child's mouth all while having a work-related conversation on the phone. When you juggle too much at once, you might forget or neglect important things, even while in the middle of them. Case in point, distracted by something your colleague has just said, you forgot about the soup. It scorches, setting off the smoke alarm and ruining lunch. (laughs) Other signs might include speeding, both in your car and through conversations, the grocery store, or meals, rushing through work tasks, and household chores to the point where you sometimes make mistakes and have to do them again. Frequently performing time calculations in your head to see whether you can fit in another task. Feeling irritable when you face delays. Constantly trying to find ways to save time. Endlessly running through your to-do list in your head to make sure you haven't forgotten anything. Hurry sickness frequently involves an undercurrent of anxiety. Perhaps stress and worry creep in when you think of everything you have to do. Or maybe you quickly become anxious when you find yourself stuck in traffic, early for an appointment, or waiting for something with nothing to do in the meantime. Hyper aware of the seconds ticking by, you fixate on all the things you could be doing with the wasted time. The belief that you don't have time to handle daily responsibilities or achieve more distant goals can create plenty of stress. Packing the tasks you want to accomplish into the time you have available, you worry whether you'll get everything done. Living with anxiety always simmering on your back burner generally doesn't feel very pleasant. This anxiety presses you to keep moving, to keep going, keep doing, to attach more urgency to your to-do list than it requires. As you rush from one thing to the next, you might notice trouble concentrating, since you're always worrying about the next item on your list. Neglecting to give your work the attention it deserves means you either have to do it again, using up more time, leave it as it is, knowing you could have done better, Either option can leave you faced with more stress. Sword notes, along with feelings of inadequacy, failure, and diminished self-esteem, you might also feel irritable, tearful, and guilty. 
We might give ourselves a hard time when we drop the ball by doing a bad job or failing to finish what we were striving to complete in the impossible timetable we set for ourselves. Anger towards yourself and towards others is another common component of hurry sickness, she explains. This anger could show up as outbursts or even road rage. Hurry sickness can eclipse what's really important in our lives, our relationships with others. Perhaps you don't listen to your partner because you're worrying about everything you have to do, or you snap at your children when they're slow to get moving. You forget important dates, push others aside because you lack the time to offer emotional support or physical affection, and find it difficult to keep hold of the frayed edges of your temper. Sound familiar? In short, you struggle to remain present and engaged with your loved ones, which can do lasting emotional damage to all involved. There's also physical effects. Spending your days hurrying often means you devote less time to self-care. Ever jump out of bed and rush to work, not taking a moment for yourself? Relaxation and alone time might be the first unnecessary activities you scrap when you feel busy, but many people with hurry sickness also start to ignore things like hydration, balanced meals, physical activity, or even sleep. When you don't have good self-care practices in place to protect against stress and anxiety, you might begin to notice physical health effects, like trouble with your sleeping, a change in your appetite, being more fatigued, increased headaches, stomach issues, and decreased immune health. Prolonged stress can also play a part in burnout, a state where you feel completely drained and no longer able to cope with the demands of daily life. Living in a constant state of stress can also raise blood pressure and contribute to heart problems. A 2003 study found evidence to suggest certain traits associated with type A personalities, including time urgency and impatience, led to an increased risk for high blood pressure or hypertension. Researchers looked at five traits in more than 3,000 adults between the ages of 18 to 30. Time urgency, competitiveness, hostility, anxiety, depression. When researchers followed up with participants 15 years later, they found that 15% of the participants had developed hypertension. Study authors say competitiveness, anxiety, and depression didn't appear to increase hypertension risks. Known risk factors, including lack of exercise, alcohol use, or obesity, also didn't seem to affect the results. What did appear to increase risks were two specific traits, time urgency or impatience and hostility. What's more, those who experienced these traits showed a greater risk for hypertension. So how can you slow down? At first, slowing down might feel impossible. You'll never get anything done, and thinking about the tasks waiting will only add to your stress. But remember, 
you can work much more efficiently when your mind isn't bogged down or racing through thoughts. Instead of coming to a screeching halt, it's often more helpful to slow down, well, slowly. So here are some strategies to help you push back the urge to keep rushing and to get in the habit of taking life as it comes. Take a walk. Putting down what you're doing and temporarily changing your environment can help you counter the need to hurry, even when you feel most rushed. Walking gets you moving, which can help improve your physical health, but it can also help boost self-esteem and relieve anxiety. So give yourself permission to stretch your legs. It can make a big difference. As you walk, take deep breaths to ground and refresh yourself. Aim to walk for 30 minutes if you can. A half hour spent stretching your legs, breathing fresh air, and getting some sunlight can energize you and even boost creativity. So you might find yourself returning to your responsibilities with a renewed outlook and improved mood. Embrace mindfulness. Mindfulness, whether it's meditation or just taking a few deep breaths, helps you focus your attention on things happening in the moment. So it's an important skill to develop when trying to manage hurry sickness. Trying to multitask and jam several activities into one short span of time can leave you distracted and feeling frustrated. You're replying to an email from a boss while making a doctor's appointment over the phone. Since you aren't entirely listening, you end up needing the information repeated before you can accurately note down the time and date of your appointment. When you finish the call, you notice you've typed some of the receptionist's words into your email. So you have to review it again and check for errors. When your awareness remains with your current task, instead of wandering along to everything else you have to do, you'll probably notice you do a better job and feel more satisfied with your results. Mindfulness takes practice, and you might notice worries and distractions keep popping up. But instead of fixating on the slipping sands of time, acknowledge those thoughts and then let them go. Accept that yes, you have other things to do later and remind yourself you'll get there when you get there. Take care of important needs. There are certain physical needs you simply can't neglect no matter how busy you become. Your body needs fuel and rest to function properly. Without food and water, quality sleep, companionship and exercise, you won't be able to maintain your top speed for very long. Eventually, you won't be able to maintain any speed at all. Instead of denying your body's essential needs because you're in too much of a hurry, remind yourself investing in your body helps prevent hunger, exhaustion, and burnout, making it possible to keep going. Prioritize relaxation. Sleep, hydration, nutrition, and exercise make up the basics of self-care. Other key components, including relaxation, can improve quality of life along with physical health. Making time for yourself makes it easier to show up at your best and stay present as you move throughout your day. Balancing your responsibilities with enjoyable activities also makes it easier to remember that you don't always need to hurry. Relaxation might involve quiet moments sitting alone, 
an hour of online shopping, an afternoon with a good book, or a long talk with your best friend. How you choose to unwind matters less than the fact that you find time to unwind. And here's a pro tip. If you struggle to find time to relax or can't justify taking the time, aim for just 15 minutes to yourself each day. As you begin to notice the benefits, finding longer periods for relaxation may prove less challenging. Learn to recognize your limits. People often get stuck in the hurry cycle because they have a hard time saying no. When you accept more responsibilities than you can realistically handle, you'll almost certainly find yourself rushing to cram everything in. You might worry saying no will upset loved ones or create difficulties at work, but consider another possible outcome. You say yes, but end up not having time to get the task done or to do a good job with it. Setting healthy boundaries for yourself and sticking to them can help. I won't take on extra work when I have more than one current project. I'll make time for a walk every day so I can relax and recharge. Prioritization can also make a difference. You probably can't refuse every task you'd like to turn down. Instead, evaluate your responsibilities and identify which need immediate attention and which can wait. Remember, too, that it never hurts to ask for help. If you truly can't let anything go, a good next step might involve seeking help from a coworker or a loved one. Get support. It's not always easy to break free of long-standing patterns. If you just can't seem to slow down, a therapist can offer guidance and support. SWORD recommends talking to a professional, particularly when you find yourself doing dangerous things, like speeding or struggling to control irritability or anger towards others. Therapy can also help when a sense of time urgency fuels anxiety and other emotional or physical distress. A therapist can teach mindfulness and relaxation techniques, along with other tools to help manage hurry sickness. Support from a therapist can also make it easier to identify potential contributing factors, like people-pleasing tendencies or a fear of failure. By addressing hurry sickness at the root, you're more likely to see lasting improvement. The bottom line? Pressing the pause button and disrupting the hurry cycle is often easier said than done. But living your life on fast forward won't do much to support long-term wellness. Stop and smell the roses. Might be cliche, but that doesn't make it bad advice. Taking life at a more gradual pace leaves you with more time to enjoy important relationships and savor everything life offers, both large and small. My middle-aged words of wisdom? Here's just a few. Life will deliver plenty of ups and downs, which are unavoidable. It's how you recover. No one can define, degrade, or deceive you if you love who you are today. Take your own advice. Fix yourself. It's the only investment that multiplies. Do things that make you smile. 
give you comfort and push your perceived limitations, even if someone thinks you're silly. Nurture yourself, serve others. Over at 60plusclub.com, I found some delightful advice that spans ages 5 to 75, each giving advice to someone younger than themselves. So as you listen to this, this is actually a clip. So as you listen, each voice gets a year older. So every time you hear a new voice, you're hearing a person who is one year older. So we start with the first voice at age five and we end with 75. Enjoy. What advice would you give to somebody younger than you? I like them. Don't go out so far in the ocean. Whenever you are like in second grade, it's a very, very fun grade to be in. My sister has a friend that does ballet. So I would say since they're like little, I would tell both of them to try harder. Stay calm and go on with life. (laughs) To have fun with their life. YOLO. I would say that nothing is really permanent. Things can get better and you can make them better. Don't do drugs and stay in school. Pursue what you want in life. Being popular in high school doesn't matter once you graduate. Don't get caught up in social media too much. Don't rush it. Even if you don't think that it is something that people would necessarily approve of, it doesn't mean that you have to give it up or that you should not pursue it. Definitely don't feel any obligation to go to school, to go to university. Um, There are other paths if that's not your path. Don't take things too seriously. Don't worry when people make fun of you happened a lot to me and um, bullying kind of builds character I think. (laughs) To follow your dreams as corny as it may sound. Don't care too much about what people think about you. Just be who you are and don't waste time worrying about what other people think about you. Really follow your dreams. Don't don't ever do anything for thinking that it's what somebody wants out of you. Do what you want to do. Always be yourself no matter what. Probably just that it's never too late to start something. Confidence comes with experience. Uh, Keep powering through the struggle. Go for your dreams. Don't dream it, be it. All the dreams you have, you can still have them, but they're not going to happen at the time you thought they would. Um, And at the end of the day, just living life is what's important. Don't have any regrets. Regret is a mind state. Life comes at you sideways, so if it doesn't work out, try something else. Be kind and work hard. Hang in there, it gets better. I would tell them to not be afraid to follow their passion, even if it's a path that seems difficult. Believe and don't give up and don't listen to other people and always pursue your heart and uh, follow your head. Take your time growing up. Don't rush to get old. Live life to the fullest. Always listen to people's advice and even if you don't agree with it, at least listen. Don't strive to be like your parents, strive to be better than them. Don't listen to any advice. Follow your passion. Listen. Don't sweat the small stuff. Go for it. You only live once. You have to take advantage of every opportunity that you get. Don't wait to start doing what you want to do when you grow up. Do it now. They should be confident in themselves and not listen to the noise from others around them. They should own themselves. Plan, but always leave room 
for changes. To learn the meaning of love. That's caring for somebody unconditionally. Always follow your dreams. Don't ever give up on your dreams. Floss and follow your dreams. Practice kindness and patience with yourself and with others. Enjoy every single day and enjoy your children while they're young. Follow your dreams. Don't be afraid. Have fun because it's short. Live without limits. You, have, you know a lot more than you think you know very often, so just believe in yourself and be strong. Get older. It beats the alternative. Everything seems to have a way of working itself out. Don't spend what you don't have. If you need to spend and using a credit card, make sure you can pay back within 30 days. Be respectful, uh, be, be committed, um, do your best, uh, and strive for what you really want. Have no fear. Probably try to find out something they're really passionate about and follow that dream. Do everything you want to do now. You're going to still want to do it when you're my age, but you won't have the strength or the energy. Say yes to everything. You can always, if it's not the right decision, you can always change your mind. Slow down, take your time, pay attention to what you're doing. Don't hold anything back. Live so that you will not have any regrets. Don't try too hard to help people who are negative. Don't waste time goes by so fast, you'll wish I had the moments back. There's two things. Uh, one that uh, at the end of your life, at the end of the day, two questions. Who did I help and what did I learn? Enjoy every day. Follow your dreams, do whatever you can, keep moving forward. Don't be frightened by things people tell you about what you should do because you need to have a safe job and you need to be able to support yourself and you shouldn't follow that love that you have. Listen to your heart. Listen, and you'll learn a lot more than when you just speak. Do it all. Do everything you can. Experience everything. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, slow down, take a breath, and make time to get to know yourself. You're changing naturally with every experience, challenge, success, and failure. So take your time instead of being in a rush. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Summer through until the path was clear. That's when I found you. How I wound up here.